Welcome to Afterthoughts, everybody. This is our recommend or refute episode uh, where we go around the table and we talk about things that we would recommend that you spend your time with or we tell you, no, don't do that. Stay away from that. It's going to waste your time. Uh, I'm your host, John Garcia. With me is our co-host, as always, is Ryan King. Hey, John, I heard you're back off the the wagon and you're you're not sticking with your only watching good movies. <laughs> I I. I think that that was just for a week. I think I said I was doing that, was that one for a week. week. That see, was just, just one week of sobriety. It was Lent. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I bought a sobriety chip off of eBay for <laughs> a year, so I think I've done <laughs> my <I'm> time. Done. <laughs> um, yeah, the other uh, voices that you've heard are our guests returning from our previous Venture Bros episode. Uh, that is Jimmy Sparks and Erica Winters. Yes. Hello, audience. Welcome, welcome. And uh, we will kick things off by uh, kicking it to a seasoned veteran of family films, Ryan King. Uh, Ryan, what do you got for us this episode? Yes. Yeah, as usual, I'm bringing a family film or an animated film or a family animated film. um, Because that is what (laughs) they call it family. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We uh, skipped at the movie theater, but now it's come out on streaming. Watched uh, Ruby Gilman's colon. Teenage Kraken. <laughs> I'm just Ruby Gilman, normal teenager. For generations, Krakens have protected the seas, keeping us safe from the most power-hungry and dangerous creature of all. The mermaid? Yes, the mermaid! <gasps> but people love mermaids. I love you so much! Love you too, Rando! Of course they do. People are stupid. I'm Chelsea. Mermaids are selfish, vain narcissists. I am gorgeous. Yes, queen. The worst of them all. What's happening? Ah, what? me. Hey, are you okay? I know your secret. You're a kraken hiding as a human. And soon, everyone will know the truth. Cushions. <laughs> are you ready for your destiny? I just want to live my life. Ah! You have powers beyond your imagination. This is your moment, Ruby. I'm not gonna hide anymore. You're just a dumb teenager. (laughs) Time to go big. I, I still have to think about it. I actually... I'm getting to that old man point where the other day I was talking about it. And I was like, Ruby, t- Ruby Kraken, Teenage Gilman. Like, I can't even get it. <laughs> we watched Correct. the Kraken movie, son. Yeah. <laughs> my, ta- my life they has a Teenage Gilman. Yeah. Yes. Ruby Kraken is a great movie. Terry title. Gilliam's Teenage. Terry Gilliam's Kraken. Now I'm in. Now I'm in. I'm sold. Um, my, so my daughter was interested in seeing this in the theater along with Elemental's. And we didn't watch either of those in the theater, um, to her disappointment. She's young enough to not realize that they came out in the theaters, but old enough to see on streaming when they show up. So we we decided that was going to be our like Friday movie last week, just out of like, I'll give it a shot and see uh, what DreamWorks has up their sleeve this time. Um, and it did not perform well in the theater. Animation is kind of in a weird spot where Mario did really well and Spider-Man did really well, but Disney has kind of failed and they can't make up their mind whether something comes out to streaming or comes out to the theaters. And DreamWorks also is kind of floundering in a weird way on like what they think is good and what they don't want to follow on. They did a lot of marketing for Ruby Gilman. And I'm going to say, I guess I'll just say, I'm going to refute it. 
Um, not out of it's bad, but more out of like it's it could have been better or kind mm. of boring. Yeah, there just really wasn't anything for me to latch onto to be like, oh man, this hit some high highs or did something interesting or the animation went here or, or any of those things I could kind of point to. Um, DreamWorks, uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish is mm-hmm. way fucking better than it should be by like a significant degree. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. It, I, I can I know that they have <laughs> a nose for like really even for something that shouldn't be anything doing something good and then to have a whole new property and kind of just I feel like phone it in kind of it, it yeah I, honestly like the plot is they're krakens and they're pretending to be humans <laughs> we don't exactly know why we've all been there folks yeah you've been there <laughs> um our main character ruby gilman falls into the water and it turns out she's a giant kraken which it doesn't really explain is somehow different from regular krakens uh mermaids are evil and she fights with a mermaid um sure that's is it like a puberty thing like analogy yes it it really heavily is like ha 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 little mermaid wink wink um (laughs) quite a bit (laughs) Uh, that's one of the derivative pieces the other is it feels like a bit like Luca with the sort of um, like, oh, we live in the water and now we're pretending to be humans. And ah, it's funny that we have to pretend to be Canadian in order to trick the humans <laughs> into not recognizing we're blue with no noses. <laughs> um, but that works. That's good enough. It went exactly where you would think it would go and it didn't really do anything. The characters, there really wasn't anything beyond like any characterization for anyone but Ruby and maybe her mom and everyone else kind of is just like a joke that they go back to. Will Forte plays a pirate question mark that once <laughs> saw a Kraken back in the day uh, and is still like he's going around and giving tours to people in the town and just going off on like Krakens and other shit instead of doing the tour that he's supposed to be doing. And then once he actually sees a Kraken, he goes nuts and shares it on social media. Um, And that was great. That was entertaining. And I could have seen a whole lot more of that movie and less of what I actually watched. Um, Yeah. So I think this is one where I like I walked away being like, yeah, it was fine, but there's not going to be a sequel to this. And I don't care. And if there was a sequel, oh, I really wouldn't watch it. all. I would not tell my kids it existed. College Kraken. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Probably, but, yeah. But what was daughter's opinion? Yeah, what was your daughter's opinion? Yeah. Did she want uh, to watch it immediately again? My kids are entertained by anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's raised <laughs> this podcast has shown <laughs> any history. All of my family but me is entertained by just about anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I think she she enjoyed it. And I think that the sort of like, it again, it hits those sort of notes of like, oh, you're up and coming as a teenager. You feel out of place, you know, kind of hitting the kind of the same notes of like, mm. oh, you're going to go to prom. What does that mean? Oh, your mom doesn't want you to do the things that she did when she was younger. Just the kind of same beats that we see in movies. That's where I was like, I don't think it really hit anything. that was like a new concept or explored it in really a new way. Um, so, yeah, my family was like, that yeah, was fine. But I mm. think they'll probably forget about it. It's one of those. I feel like if I asked mm-hmm. later, they'd be like, yeah, I kind of remember watching that. But I don't remember exactly what it was about. Yeah. I see. So it it wasn't better at its job than turning red. Yeah. Also, it has a lot of turning red, right? Because there is that whole they hide from her that she's going to turn into a giant kraken and her mom turns into a giant kraken and her grandma turns into a giant kraken. Um, 
Yeah. Wow. yeah I was, it's I was weird a little curious. how derivative it was of several other movies. Yeah. Because like in the, I believe in like the advertising, like you see the grandma and you see Ruby and, you know, a couple other characters. But like, I was kind of confused as to why there was no mom. I was like, I guess she just doesn't have one or something. Mm. Maybe, I don't know. But. Yeah, so that is interesting that it ended up just being like, oh, no. They just cut it from the trailer. Just, yeah. yeah. This is just brave yeah. again. Yeah. Except the instead of being a bear, she's a kraken. <laughs> I kind of thought from the trailer, like, all krakens were cool, but apparently they're all actually pretty Hashtag shitty. not all krakens, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Only a few krakens are giant krakens, and the mermaids are way more powerful, and the rest of the krakens we don't even really see. They just, See, they're people-sized, and they swim around and don't appear to do anything. Oh. I, I don't like that there wasn't any world-building. That was one of my other I was gonna <laughs> pet peeves. Yeah, if we're going to introduce a whole, like, oh, there's krakens and there's mermaids, I needed more of, like, a, how does this work, and Not what just is their, their relationship gangs. to humans? <laughs> yeah. I need some more, like, snapping. I thought the thing that it was going to try to do uniquely is the, like, dynamic between like two friends that ultimately being on different teams kind of thing um amidst this like teenage growing up yeah it pretty much blows that water right out the gate though really i thought it was (laughs) again where it's like like, yeah there's this oh there's the new girl that turns out to be a mermaid but it tells you right off the bat that that's the case Mm -hmm. in in an absolutely mirrored little mermaid way in where ruby gilman saves a guy but runs off because she doesn't want him to see that she's a kraken and the mermaid girl shows up and he thinks that she's the one who saved him. Like, again, it's like, okay, cute. Cool. Uh-huh. Right? Like, okay, I guess. But not enough to be anything, like, super interesting with that. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, there's a little bit of, like, oh, we're friends. But you as a, you know, the 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 irony is the home audience is like, yeah, she's going to fuck you over. The mermaids are going to fuck you over. Like, we just know that from the get-go. Yeah. And there's not really any built-in thing where you're like, Bummer. I actually think it's going to be different, well, mainly because there's no antagonist. Really? Right, other than oh, so this person aimless? has to turn out to be evil. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I feel I like see. if you end up having like a secret evil person, which is like every Pixar movie. Yeah. Yeah. As of late, you have to have someone else who seems like an antagonist. Yeah. Or is also an antagonist. The red and we have an yeah. even bigger one. Uh-huh, get it, but you can't have a... like no antagonists <laughs> and then spring a secret antagonist on. Yeah. That kind of sucks. I was I was actually interested to see if it was going to be a movie about like the perils of like female friendship in high school between the popular girl and the and the not popular girl. That's like a pretty like common like yeah. That's a that true. would be interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that would be yeah. interesting. Damn. Yeah, no. Refuted. Boom. <laughs> Refuted hard. There you go, everybody. Did it at uh, least like look like look. Good, like yeah did it look like a million bucks or like 300 million yeah bucks? how many millions of uh, dollars <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's how worthy it is right like a million bucks <laughs> there wasn't really anything that was super interesting animation wise mm. this was a movie where i got distracted thinking about the realities of how things work to really pay attention to what the hell was going <laughs> that on. means the wow. animation never <laughs> mesmerized you once. yeah right <laughs> yes yeah that was i was just, sitting just there trying to figure out like how there was a giant kraken walking around that no one saw because quote missed uh, I guess was covering things enough and shit like that. Like, yes, missed. And then, and then the, like, what do they eat? Like, how do they? Yeah, I got lost on thoughts. With like their that, beaks, so silly. Yeah. Um, num, 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 num. Oh man. Well, uh, we've got one refute down so far. Um, Erica, sure. What are you bringing to the table? Sure. Uh, so 
from what I understand, this is actually a replay uh, for this uh, for this uh, show. But I'm bringing Nimona. Once upon a time, in a fairy tale kingdom. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Oh, what a peculiar bird you are. And now go make me a dress. Make your own dress. Bird! Oh! This is the part where you run. I'm on fire! I'm on fire! Oh, my humanity! Oh, what oh, do such a thing? That would be me. Who are you? The name's Nimona. Your sidekick has arrived. I don't need a sidekick. Every villain needs a sidekick. I'm not a villain! Yes, so we recently um, saw Nimona um, after it released on streaming. Um, and I'm going to, um, I'm going to recommend it. I'm not refuting. I'm recommending it. Okay. Um, and, uh, it's been a while since I've seen, um, animated, an animated movie, um, like a 3D animated movie just because, um, aside from like Mario and Spider-Verse, you know, cause there really just hasn't been much coming out that looks interesting. And Puss in Boots. Yeah, Boots. Yeah. But like, you know, that's three out of whatever, you know. Um, and, uh, uh, just cause it feels like in general, they're not telling, um, they're not, they're not telling very interesting, interesting stories, stories or anything. You, you don't want to see trolls world tour or whatever. Yeah. The whatever. The, yeah. Know. Oh, he's my brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah whatever. Let me dance and sing <laughs> or the one where all the animals dance and sing or, or the, the one, one where, where they all like, dance where, and sing. Yeah. Or, or where the little corn nuggets scream incessantly. Yeah. I oh, don't yeah. know. <laughs> not super. So, uh, yeah. So, um, uh, it really caught my eye visually. Um, that's just what drew me to it um, at first because um, uh, I like the new direction of animated movies that they're um, kind of hearkening, you know, to uh, more 2D textures, like uh, very much like when Arcane came out and told people like, hey, you can still paint and like make things look really cool with your textures, but still have it 3D animated. And people are like, whoa, you know, now everyone's trying to do it. Yeah. Um, which is good. Great. Um, so, um, Nimona is the story of a, um, I've already forgotten all of their names. So, um, we will be, aside from Golden Loin. Golden Loin, yeah. Golden Golden Loin is a great name. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's your main guy character and he is essentially, um, the equivalent of a gutter rat in this cool, like, not cyberpunk, but it's a techno medieval style. Um, kind of know. an interesting mishmash. Yeah, it's an interesting yeah. mishmash. It's a punk of some sort. It's a it's a yeah. it's a medieval yeah, punk, medieval perhaps. Punk. <laughs> Many punk. It's a yes. Um, and uh, so he he um is like essentially a a gutter rat kind of just normal guy, and he wants to become a protector of the realm, which um is in this world a kind of lineage only thing. Um, and he's one of the very first people to um, get the honor of actually going to the academy and becoming a um, normal person uh, protector. And it's a huge deal. Um, and then on the day that he's going to be knighted, you know, there's a, uh, uh, the, the queen is assassinated. And now um, he has to go on the run because everyone thinks he does it. 
Oh. Um, and while he's on the run, off trying to figure out who did this, he meets Nimona, um, who um, thinks he's actually the mastermind and wants to become his sidekick. Um, and then uh, starts their um, adventures trying to figure out who did this. Um, and uh, Nimona teaches um, main character guy about, you know, um, almost the own way that his uh, society has blinded him to the um you know uh almost like a like a racism kind of you like know, an oppressive system, an oppressive system yeah. yeah um so in this in this story it's very much like a race allegory as well as like a um uh uh a trans oh, like class um, yeah, yeah more class, more class systems yeah. Race. there's a lot honestly um it doesn't ever it does have like a couple like you know pinpoints on like you know this is about gender or this is about you know class or you know um, but it's oh, as a broad, like, you know, just like about people who grow up in different places and you see them as monsters because you're taught that they are. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I I definitely recommend it um, because I think that it's um, uh, it's great fun. It's very funny. Um, it is paced pretty well. Like it always feels like it's moving um, and it looks pretty good. Uh, it's got a great visual panache. Um, it's definitely, it was inspired or, um, from a comic. Um, so it uses a lot of that, um, in its visual storytelling. Uh, I do think they changed the character models a little bit to give them kind of like cuter looking like eyes and stuff, but like whatever they animate well. So, yeah. um, yeah. And I think that it, uh, the story it tells is good. There's a lot of like, um, great representation where, you know, it doesn't, um, doesn't try to like point at the fact that like the main character is gay. You know, it's just, yeah, he's got a boyfriend, you know? And then Nimona is like very clearly like, I'm Nimona and I'm not always a girl. I'm not always a boy. Sometimes I'm a shark and sometimes I'm a bear, sometimes I'm a whale, you know? Um, and uh, it has a lot of interesting dark themes that um, I feel are um, represented well. Um, and that makes it just a unique, you know, kind of like, you know, family oriented film to watch. Um, I think that the one negative thing about it is that eventually, from what I understand, it was in production and then it was dropped. And then Annapurna um, caught it and said, okay, don't worry, we've got you. Um, and because of that, um, I don't know if this is true. It just feels like there might have been some changes made to it where like there were some musical choices that felt like um, they might have had licensed music previously oh. um, and they might have had to swap some oh. out. So it kind of didn't feel like, it just felt like a weird choice to have in just there. like the energy of the music that's backing yeah, it yeah it was just it didn't feel just to had a weird like yeah you there's know, like a particular scene where yeah. like the nimona and the titu the, the like main character guy is are like dancing and like doing this like kind of and the thing. song and the song just doesn't not, match doesn't feel all. like it would he's like air guitaring and there's no guitar in yeah this song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. so that's really weird and then there's like toward the end they I don't know, they take from the boring tropes of, hey, this is a buddy cop movie, so they have to have the moment where they um, where they um, uh, uh, get into a fight, and then they have to go and be in a fight mode, you know, for a while, which is very boring. Yeah. So. Oh, so it does like a Marvel thing at the end where it's like big bad fight, or? There is a big bad fight at the end, okay. yes. Uh, but, yeah, so it's, um, 
I don't want to spoil bit of the, uh, what was the fucking, now I'm forgetting, <laughs> Shang-Chi. <laughs> Shang-Chi? Oh, yeah. Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi where it's like there's a dragon fight it, at the, the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, oh, we were doing really fun enjoying this movie, and now we have to have a dragon because we have to fight yeah, something Yeah, exactly. Big. Yeah, it's very yeah. much like now it's time for the big bad monster, and it's, and it's always and it's because of a misunderstanding that you would think that due to the events of the entire movie, it wouldn't be a misunderstanding. Um, yeah. Like, it feels like it doesn't earn this at all. Like, it totally fucking face falls in the second half where oh, it's just like, damn, dude. Like, you, this was actually going to be a movie where it wasn't going to be like, because the guy stands up for her for, at multiple points. And you're like, oh, wow, he's actually like on her side. He's a real friend. And then it's like the same fucking like, you think I'm a monster? And he's oh, like, well, aren't you a monster? Oh, see, and it's yeah. just like, but he spent the whole enough, time yeah. like yeah. Tall, calling her not a monster. And it's they so annoying. Like, so close to friends that this emotional break where there's like a trust that's yeah. kind of shattered just doesn't feel It like doesn't feel earned. real. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. yeah. it's yeah. like, he would never have done this, you know? And he's previously done the exact opposite. And it's just... So lame. Yeah, it's I immediately, so lame. I immediately think of like Wreck It Ralph when you talk about that scene. Wreck It Ralph has like such an emotionally racking moment of yeah. that like trust, and yeah. it's for good reason and is earned. Right. In yeah. Character, but yeah. That's and then cool. they we'll fuck it up that, with a whole second movie. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say that, that you're right on that being a fault with Demona because it that kind of happens three times. Because yeah. I would say yeah. for yeah for the main male character, his uh, significant other. Almost immediately, it's just like, oh, well, I guess you killed the queen. Like, all of whatever history they had is thrown out the window yeah. for him really quickly. Yeah. And then it all hinges off this misunderstanding in the past that also kind of is just like a little bit unearned, where it's kind of like, oh, I guess you are a monster. Or I think you have to be a monster because my parents say you were a monster, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The movie has some problems, but I think the best part about it is the titular character who's just like, a gremlin in yeah. the best of ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's got total gremlin energy. <laughs> yeah. The I'm animation and the voice her. acting for Nimona, I think, are the parts that I was like, that was really, really sold on. Like, really dynamic yeah. animation, really great voice acting for that character. And yeah, just a breath of fresh air yeah. in animation. I like something. that they tried something different. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted more world building of the. Me too. Oh, yeah. They like. I wanted so much more world building. Do we do spoilers? <laughs> nah, it's a recommend. Don't spoil it. I think yeah. I spoiled yeah. it previously too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. probably spoil it. Well, feel free to spoil without it. spoiling okay. too hard. There's yeah. like a m- moment at the end where, like, you know, they kind of open up the, the the town or whatever, and like. I wanted to know what was out there and they just have like a it really- It was just like a Windows <laughs> XP background. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like the world could have been bigger and more developed. Um, yeah. And because it was cool what they did have, so. Yeah. yeah. With kind of this core concept in it of like a classist system, a medieval classist system, yeah. mm-hmm. and this sort of oppressiveness of like a punk type of- you know, cor- corporation almost that Nimona feels like she's up against. And the fact that like they quote, bring that down, but we like never really see it other than one bad person. Yeah. They, <laughs> like, well, like, the they take, they take down the statue unaware. or something. Yeah. Right. And like, that's all you see is like, Oh, we've taken down the statue, but it's like, what, you know, what, what actually has changed it or anything. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I, and then I do think that too, with the ending, um, it really is like that last like ha- it's it really like the last half an hour, which is pretty bizarre because it's like the movie's not too long, but it's just like the whole half an hour is condensed with shit. Um, there's like, 
you know, it does that thing where there's like a heroic sacrifice and it's like, personally, I think it's bullshit. It's like, mm. you know, like you, you didn't, I don't feel like this was deserved, you know, like this isn't, doesn't feel, feel bad. I don't feel bad for anything that's happening right here because like, you you guys fucked yourself into this stupid situation because you didn't say the right words and you shouldn't have said those words in the first place. So, yeah, I could see that being uh, it sounds like the animation and the voice acting is really what carries it all yeah. the way through. Like even for the story's failings, it's got a lot of heart behind that as opposed to Terry Gilliam's Teenage Kraken or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious to know if it like, ends the same way as the comic. I think the comic's done, so it's not like they were, you know, doing a manga adaptation where they had to fucking come up with their own shit. They but just guessed or something. They just yeah. guessed, yeah, approximated an ending. Um, So I'd be curious to know if, like, it was the same ending or not, or, you know, if there was more. I don't more. think so. No? Yeah, I've been intending to read it, and I have glanced through, and I, it's a... It's like the same concepts, but a departure... Okay. If that makes sense. And I think it's where it's like, okay, we had to make a movie, like come yeah. up with something that was like a full, like this is the movie and this is the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like the characters are, the names are there and kind of what the characterizations are, but some of the events and how the things happen are kind of a little bit different. I do think the ending is like something else entirely. Hmm. I'm kind yeah. of in favor of that when it comes to adaptations. That yeah. means there's more to it love. It should be yeah. something, so right? Yeah. Something needs to be, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so hey, uh, it's a glowing review for watching the first hour of Nimona and then quickly transitioning to the comic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Do a hot swap right Do in the middle of it. Do a hot swap right then. <laughs> so I believe our next is... It's me. John's very exciting. It. Yay, I am here to talk about, look, okay, I did good movies for a week. I was a good boy. <laughs> uh, the rest of my life is dedicated to living in a trash bin. <laughs> Like a raccoon. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so uh, uh, some buddies of mine texted me on Sunday and were like, you want to do a remote movie night with us? It's been a while. And I was like, sure. And they're like, what's the terrible movie we're going to watch? Um, we The first movie we watched was Cleopatra, Queen of Sex, which they did not like. Uh, they had a terrible time with it. Um, I had a great time watching them be traumatized by it. <laughs> But that's not the movie that I'm going to talk about. Uh, the movie I talk about is the redemption movie that I picked, which is this 1978 movie called The Bees. They're massing by the millions. No mind can withstand the awesome power of bees. There's been a mutation, a new strain, and though it's out of control. Panic grips the earth. Oh, no, no, no. Either we share this world with them, or we vanish as a species. Would you mind? You're not listening to me. Now you leave them no choice. Um, Is there an exclamation point after this? No, or? there's there's not an exclamation point after mm. it. But the poster is of a giant bee mouth and a woman running. Furiously, furiously away from it as though the bee was going to eat her. Um, I now know what type of movie this is. <laughs> yeah, the yeah now not, I've got a better view of the, what's going on here. It's, uh, it's, it stars John Saxon. If you don't know John Saxon, then you just don't know 70s movies from a bee category. <laughs> oh, the bee category? <laughs> yeah, which yeah, bee? The bee. <laughs> exactly. Bees. My friends and I made bee movie and yes. bee puns all throughout it. Good. Um, <laughs> the premise is basically uh, that there is like 
corporate smuggling ring in South America that's trying to get bees. these like super good honeybees mm. out uh-huh. of this super dope plot of land. Um, but the, the guy who bees? the guy who breaks into it actually he accidentally breaks into the wrong enclosure. It's for the killer bees. It's oh. such an easy mistake to make. Yeah. They're right next to each other. Of course. Um, he immediately like him and his son try to break in, and then immediately they're just like, "Oh God, bees!" And they just start <laughs> running. Uh, I didn't expect these and, here. <laughs> yeah. And so begins the rest of the movie, which is just how do we get people to open things that have bees in them? <laughs> and it's like. Every plot point in this movie, there's like three different threads going. John Saxon is a scientist. He's a biologist. A biologist. (laughs) Okay. He's trying to figure out how to stop these bees from coming (laughs) to America. Um, So he's like talking with the UN in what's clearly a Hyatt hotel room. And uh, the UN is like, they have a jar of those bees there. And then suddenly this old man just knocks that jar off and suddenly, Oh God, there's bees in the UN. (laughs) Every other sequence is like, Oh, well the big parades tomorrow. Do we have the bee float going? And (laughs) suddenly it's like, Oh shit, bees. So uh, are they in the parade? What is the connective tissue between these? uh, The the connective tissue is that um, there's a, a woman who is on the like the plot of land that was the bee farm that was harvesting these bees with her husband. Her husband is killed in a house fire that the bees start. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Technically, the bees use an angry mob of people um, who are all out for blood after they blamed the death of that man and boy on the the bee farmers and not the bees that the man and boy tried to steal. So they're uh-huh. like, we hate that you have bees in our country. Fuck you. And they just light his house on fire and kill this old man. And then his wife like flees to New York, meets John Saxon. That's where those threads intertwine. Uh-huh. The third tw- thread is... The most interesting for me, they have an uncle in the picture of this. He's the old man who knocked the bees off in the UN. His name is Uncle Ziggy. Um, (laughs) Uncle Ziggy is, I think, post-war Nazi Grandpa Joe of this movie. Like, Grandpa Joe from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Willy Wonka is the main villain of that movie, as we all know. I think Uncle Ziggy (laughs) is also the main villain of this movie as he continues to do research on bees and he has a profound amount of knowledge about all of these bees and how they communicate. He teaches everybody. This movie's full of all that, um, the actual bee movie schlocky shit where yeah. they just stop the movie to tell you sciencey things to make it sound more grounded. Talk and talk. He's like, yeah. observe how the bees that dance. Look at them. They're communicating. <laughs> and they're like, Uncle Ziggy, you're so wacky. Why don't you knock into the jar of bees over? Um, <laughs> so they basically have this whole moment where for the first hour of the movie, it's what can we do to get bees hurting people? Like, and there's crazy stunts in it. Woman's riding a horse at the equestrian track and oh God, bees. And she falls off the horse and the horse like almost steps all over. And it's like, Jesus. And then other people are like driving cars and suddenly the bees get in the car and they're like, fuck, no, not the, and the car just like crashes and almost burns. Like, yeah, it explodes. Just gas canisters, man on fire comes out. He's like, ah, bees. yeah, just bees. <laughs> Um, so they, it's like an hour of that exploitation and it's, it's kind of amazing how many ways people can find bees in their things. Mm. Um, it's like anthrax to the point where they gave up and there's an old man in a park who's like, Hey, Hey, you kids, you want $5? Can you catch a bee in a bag for me? My knee's got the arthritis. If I get a bee to sting it, it'll feel better. Um, what? and then from there, the boys go and 
catch the bee, but they also throw a rock at the beehive they get the bees from. So they're just like, suddenly the bees are fucking everybody up in the park, too. They're very angry. Um, the, <laughs> the best part of this movie is, uh, I'm just going to spoil it for everybody here because it's absurd no matter what when you watch it. <laughs> Um, John Saxon and, and his love interest, who is the woman from the bee farm. Isn't um, she an old lady? She's a, she's a young lady. She just had an old man for a husband, like oh, a very typical. old man. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, they fall in love seventies because yeah. Yeah, they fall in love All because he money. knows a lot about bees and she knows a lot about bees. Uh, and they're both trying to save the world. Mm-hmm. And it becomes this like climate change thing where they're like, you fucked the world up, everybody. And the bees are angry with you. Um, and we need to stop the bees. And they're like, but we're not going to we're going to work on a plan later. We're going to go sleep right now. And they like go lay in their bed together. And then the bees come and wake them up. And then suddenly the doors open like the bees are opening the doors for them. And they lead them into the lab. And the bees are like. <laughs> and John Saxon's like, we're trying to learn your language. We can't quite understand you yet, but we know you're intelligent. And the bees are like, <laughs> and they like lead them to the UN, a bigger UN that's in a bigger Hyatt hotel. Uh. And uh, John Saxon just goes up to a podium and he goes, the bees are very angry with all of you. They've told us this. If you don't <laughs> stop what you're doing, the bees will have to kill everybody. Facts. We need to learn. He was like, there's 70 trillion of them in, in the entire world. We need to learn to live in harmony with the bees. The world is now 50% bees. And I'm like, that math doesn't add up at all. <laughs> okay. And, and then somebody just goes, you're fucking crazy. And suddenly <laughs> the bees break a window and start killing everybody. And then the credits just roll. And it's like, that's just what the world is now. It's because humanity's like hubris. You have to respect the bees. <laughs> um, yeah, it was the more that I thought about it, the more trippy it got. And the more that Uncle Ziggy and I, like, I started to piece together through the story that Uncle Ziggy was a Nazi. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this adds so much depth to a movie I didn't think about. <laughs> it was going to be here. It's like nobody's even trying to ask Uncle Ziggy how he has all his scientific knowledge or if he had human experiments that he did with these bees. With bees uh, and humans. Yeah, exactly. Um, my friends really enjoyed it. They had a fun time with it. It was kind of, it was goofy. When it got to the science talk, it doled down, obviously. It's hard not to when somebody's just reading the Wikipedia, Wikipedia at you. <laughs> Um, but John Saxon trying to communicate with bees and the <laughs> amount of people that have to find bees and things. Mm-hmm. It's just great. It's just a fantastic time. So what kind of bee effect work do we have yeah. here for a 70s um, movie? So sometimes they had like real bees on certain people. Like even the actors wake up in like a room full of live bees and you can tell what's there. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty intense. Uh and I don't know how they like wrangle bees. So they just continue to do that. But anytime that the bees broke out into chaos and people had to run around. Um, Were they like on little like wires? It was no, it was like, <laughs> it was like almost a- like they, f- they filled like a green screen room with asbestos and ran a fan. <laughs> and like, then they just layered that over, Put that over the camera. Oh. And, and you can tell, especially when they zoom in on people that are running from the bees, the size of the bees in front of the camera does not change. So you're like, okay, I know uh-huh. what this is. At times it looks like kick cereal too. It's like hmm. floating around. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That sounds great. I'm, I'm convinced. Yeah, I'm sure it's Absolutely. a great date night movie. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but are you recommending or are you refuting? I, I would recommend this, honestly. Mm. I came in here thinking I would rec- I would refute it, but the more I think about it, the more insane stunts are propped up around bees. <laughs> it's just so insane that somebody in some studio was like, you know, it's fucking terrifying. These bees. You see these bees in the news? <laughs> we need to fucking find some way to make this exciting. Yeah. So- 
did they so for all the regular bees that were just in in shots they were just like honeybees yeah they're just really docile bees mm. yeah. and everybody's like trying to communicate in some way with them or some people are just running away and they're doing nothing or some gotcha. people are just covered in them and you're like holy shit yeah. um the one thing i really wished was that there was at least more people firing guns at bees <laughs> I would have loved to That's have seen true. like police force being like, get them boys. And they're trying <laughs> they're to pull up a John. tank and they're like, yeah, yeah <laughs> I can't hit him. He's like a Godzilla movie. What I want to know is do you, would you rather learn about bees from uncle Ziggy or would you rather learn martial arts from uncle Dave? Oh, I'd rather learn it from Uncle Dave than mm-hmm. Uncle Ziggy. You want to kneel on the bricks? Yeah, and- <laughs> I'd kneel on the bricks. That's a breathing fire reference. That's a deep cut, Jimmy. You're just going to break out a K. Hui Kwan movie in the middle of this recommendatory feature? It seems if you have to have a good uncle to to be a good movie. There so. really are a lot of brands that are propped up and stories propped up on the shoulders of uncles. Yeah, sure. exactly. Being an uncle myself, I know this. I <laughs> consider myself very important as an ancillary character to my brother's sure. story. <laughs> my sure. nephew's story, too. Becoming an uncle was the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, also, Uncle Ziggy's a Nazi, so I don't want to learn <laughs> That's kind of what Uncle I was... Yeah, that's the downside, right? It's pretty it's suspicious like Nazi. there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, anytime that we talked about Uncle Ziggy with my friends when we were like, oh, yeah, he really hates bees. And we put quotes <laughs> around. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the bees. <laughs> yes. It's like Uncle Ziggy. <laughs> oh. What was the, uh... um, so, yeah, the bees, I would recommend it. It's the dumbest bee movie I've seen <laughs> uh, about bees. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ryan, you saw this too, right? Yeah, I've seen that. This This is. The, there are those special bee exploitation movies. Exploitation, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, the, the like the bee movie that like late seventies uh, time period where kind of they've run the course on everything you can do to be like, oh, the town is being attacked. What the teens aren't scared of the rot? swamp monsters anymore? <laughs> We've yeah. already had the birds. Yeah. What yes. now? Yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah, this is falls in that special area, and I, I do like the. Uh, trying different ways to make it look like bees are attacking people because there's a mix of like uh i do like it when sometimes they'll have like bees and then they clearly have like a plexiglass like they're in a box oh, or yeah. glass or something yeah. Yeah. and they're filming through that so then people are like looking like they're but it's like no this is mm-hmm. not framed right yeah um, still doesn't work yeah that's a problem to solve that's yeah, interesting yeah just any, anything to try to make it work it probably still looks better than like digital bees would look today, though. You know, honestly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did they consult any beekeepers in the bees? They didn't. I think they like, had to have had beekeepers because that they. If you're, if you're talking about in, in, in the movie story in, itself, in the movie where they're only oh. bee scientists. Oh, well, like the main characters are all like it's like the Justice League of bee people. They oh, like all know everything I about see. the bees at all times, and so they're constantly like, <laughs> "We're running out of time. The bees are immigrating to America too fast. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're coming on the jet stream." <laughs> yeah. Like my god, it's it's kind of amazing because like one of the main characters puts the bees in like a tackle box and carries it on a plane. And then when she gets to New York, she gets mugged in an elevator. Uh-huh. And the muggers are like, Yeah, we got it. Yeah, they're like fucking pry it open, and then suddenly they're like, Oh god, bees. <laughs> like, the amount of like times they set that shit up with these scientists being smart, but also really stupid in what they keep the bees in. I can't believe that you it's came like, into wow. this thinking that you were going to refute this movie. I honestly, yeah, I'm I'm just as surprised as you are. It would have been better if she had kept the bee in her purse. For- <laughs> yeah, she honestly should have. <laughs> but 
<laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, fantastic movie. Um, well, there we go. We've got uh, a refute, to recommend, to recommend. And Jimmy, what are you bringing to this table? I'm breaking the mold, John. Oh, what oh shit. Dare. That's right. I'm what not uh, recommending or refuting something <gasps> I've watched. I'm recommending or refuting something that is yet to be. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what? That was intentional, for sure. Uh, (laughs) um, So, uh, yeah, the uh, One Piece live-action Netflix uh, adaptation is uh, coming out. Well, fame, power. I found everything this world has to offer. Free yourselves. Take to the seas. My treasure... It's yours to find. Why would anyone want to be a pirate? This is the best thing there is. I need your back. Salty seer. Loyal crew by your side. It's ready! What is it? We're Jolly Roger. We are. The Straw Hat crew. We're heading up to the Grand Line. A treacherous stretch of ocean with bigger islands, bigger pirates. And that's where we're going to find the One Piece. We've been making enemies everywhere we go. <laughs> Luffy, they are hunting you. You. Monkey D. Luffy. And I'm going to be king of the pirates. In less than a month now, August 31st, and I am a huge One Piece fan. It's my favorite anime. Um, and I, I've, I've been wanting to talk to people about this and, and get like some eyes on this because anime game adaptions, they pretty much all go one way. It's really hard to adapt anything to live action that is so reliant on fantastical powers um, or just cartooniness and, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, this project kind of seems doomed to fail just in its premise. Right. Um, but I think the the thing that like is really apparent behind this and that as like, I've kind of followed like uh, trailer releases and just like hearing what like, the creator of the original manga has to say and and what the uh people who are behind creating it is the entire show is really really made by people who care about one piece and i think that's something that's very different from a lot of what happens with um especially high budget um mm-hmm. like game and anime ad- adaptations is they tend to get like hollywood people or, or people that like you know maybe in certain cases don't care at all and want to put their own spin on it and make it, I mean, look at the Witcher nowadays. Um, it's kind of falling prey to uh, straying from the source material. And, and this one, you can, you can just see the love in it. You can see, uh, especially as a fan, you, you can tell like, Oh wow, they're doing that. And they're, they're um, including this and they haven't like changed that. Like it, uh, it has a high chances of being shit. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of what it is uh but i am so excited to be there and see what it i have a lot of hope for it and uh i just i think that it's going to be something special regardless of if it ultimately turns out to be good i think it'll be an interesting watch for sure i have similar feelings about and i know 
it's not not all of it's great, but the Cowboy Bebop live action yeah. was on yeah. track to be really good. And then and it, it just was like, mm. <laughs> yeah, and it's still there's like moments in it where you're like, all right, I like these parts, but yeah. if it didn't have the rest of this, yeah. um, then I would really like it all the more. And uh, it's just one of those things where, yeah, One Piece Two is. Um, an anime that's been going on in a manga that's been going on for a really long time. Forever. How many episodes are there? It's over a thousand. Over, yeah. Oh, thousand. God. Yeah. But I, I was watching like, a, yeah, some video essay. I think it's Mother's Basement did a video yeah. essay yeah. on it. And it was just like really solid on like why a thousand episodes is actually reasonable for One Piece and how there's like growth in the characters. And like the journey has milestones that just continue on and yeah. doesn't yeah. need that finality of like. We only did three seasons. It's, or something. it's it's got such a narrative driven story because it's more an adventure serial than it is a um action like battle. Yeah. Uh, there are battles and stuff, but it's really more about the adventure and the characters. Um, so it, it does have a natural like adaption to like um TV and, and live action from that standpoint where show uh, an anime like dragon ball z would never um mm-hmm. because that's just guys standing around for Scream a while at screaming other. at each other yeah. and, and beating up on each other until the you know last punch lands right um I'm, I'm sure you could find ways to adapt it but i just think that it like translates a little bit better um in that yeah. way yeah. yeah um what uh what about this are you kind of the most excited for from like the things that you've seen? I mean, beyond like the creatives behind it and the actors, cause like there's obviously a, a pony show that happens with any kind of series like this where they're like, let's get the actors in a chair and have them talk about how, yeah. you know, I mm-hmm. read the manga and I really liked it or like, <laughs> Oh, has, when I was a kid. I did this. There has really been dug that. It. Yeah. Yeah. But like, what, yeah. what are the other pieces that you're, you're reaching towards that you're like, okay, it looks like they captured these parts. Like, what are you noticing as a, a fan yeah. of it? Uh, so one thing is um, the, the creator has uh, made some statements regarding like his um, experience, like working with the show and, and literally everything they do, every piece of the script that gets changed from the source or um, character decisions that they they're doing as they adapt it goes through him. All the uh, casting has gone through him. Uh, and that is something that's unique. But but more than that, um, the set design is so cool. They are building all the actual ships. Um, of all these different pirate crews and they have some like crazy figureheads and like very unique distinct designs um there's a big floating sea restaurant and just if you look at the set you're like oh wow the detail is here and then um just the the most recent like full show trailer they uh showed really it astounded me how um much of the show that they're going through and how accurate they're portraying just the story beats um and everything's there and there there are some differences like there's characters that oh they never showed up there and that's kind of exciting it's like oh how are they changing that up so that this character actually makes sense to be here and in certain aspects it's like oh actually i can see why this character would be here Mm because like he is a kind of like a kingpin of this section of like the ocean and um of course he would know about this place and and might even be there um and then yeah i think that the other thing that i i I look at is like all of the um dialogue that they do have in it feels on on point for all the characters it doesn't feel like anybody's saying things that that character wouldn't say or anything like that so i don't know i think it's it's just got a lot of hope in me it's you can't judge a show by a trailer um in fact the the first teaser they put out i was like 
yeah. very mixed on. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm just, I think that it's, uh, they showed the execution scene, um, which is like the famous anime opening where Gold Roger is up on his execution platform and he's like, world fame power, you know. Um, Get my and treasure. in the crowd, um, in like later uh, uh, manga panels that Oda has created, um, like f- far into the like serialization of the of the manga, um, he's added like, oh, this character was here in like watching the execution and stuff. And you can see some of those characters mm, in the okay. crowd that they're like lo- looking there and they, the director has made references like we know so much more now about the the world than um, the anime did when they animated these scenes and we can leverage that and they actually care to leverage that. And so that's another thing that you like if they were phoning it in, you know, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't have a character that wouldn't they would have to get like. 10 seasons before this plot point could be relevant and they're adding it in yeah. because they're it doesn't matter if it if they get that far they just know that that character was there and that's so that he should be there sounds know? like the inverse of kind of what happened with bebop where like <laughs> yeah. this is we're taking a thousand episodes and like this rich wealth of lore and we're going to condense it into you know an exquisite dish for you hopefully yeah. that is served up whereas bebop it felt like the creators behind it were like we're going to make a student film based on the 26 episodes that we saw and we're going to inject our forward. drama. Yeah. We're going to inject our drama into it on fast forward and yeah. make these characters be who we thought they probably were more likely. Like just, I hated how vicious was a clown yeah, yeah. for that yeah. entire show. Um, yeah. It almost feels like um, back when they, you know, when like four kids was dubbing anime and they were like, oh, well, we have to somehow make this understandable by an American crowd. So we're just going to completely rewrite this whole plot point or translate this as something clearly that it isn't mm-hmm. in the name of making it more American. And that's like similar with, you know, like the um, Death Note uh, yep. live action that, you know, they the creators of Death Note like gave it a thumbs up and like, yeah, it looks cool. We like it. Um, but it was not an adaptation of like the anime or the manga. It was a reimagination of what an American story told through the tools of Death Note, like would have been. Yeah. Um, so it feels, you know, really great that like um yeah. One Piece is going to it's it looks camp. Yeah. It looks camp and that's great because One and Piece is so that. camp. Yeah, so camp. Yeah, and like I, I don't know if I want it to be. I don't want it. I don't want it to take itself like not seriously. It needs to be taken seriously because it has to sell it itself like as like, you know, like legitimately like this is the world. But they also can't. It can't lose itself. Like, you can't have a crazy pirate clown. Yeah. With powers where he can detach all of his bodies and swirl them about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has a special move called the buggy ball. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't take that and not have some element of camp to it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, there's it, no way to make that a dramatic point. Yeah, yeah but um, but One Piece has a lot of dramatic moments to it and, and character moments. And, and um, so it has to play that balance. And um, that's why I'm excited because from what I'm seeing, it's not doing a disservice to either of those um, mm-hmm. elements. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm still keeping my eye. I'm, I, I'm so pessimistic at this point, though. <laughs> Which is... We don't fault Which you. Which is fair. Yeah, I yeah. would not fault anybody. I, I, the, I Again, I don't know that it'll be good. any good. I'm very nervous, but I'm hopeful. <laughs> I agree this last trailer, finally, I was kind of like, okay, 
you know, I'm like, okay, I, I can see, like, just the announcement, I'm like, that's going to suck. They yeah. don't get it. They won't get it. And the couple of teasers, I was like, nah, they're not getting it. But this last trailer, I agree. Yeah, there was a lot in the background where I was like, okay, they don't need to do that. So somebody actually knows what they're doing. I hope I, there was some of that with Cowboy Bebop too. So that's mm-hmm. where I'm yeah. like, I'm not sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, But it, One Piece deserves something because you talk about the four kids and it mistreated One Piece more than four kids mistreated any other adaptation (laughs) by trying to make it more appropriate for children and remove some of its teeth in something that is, you know, pretty, pretty doesn't necessarily take itself seriously. It does get to some really good emotional moments. Yeah. But Oda keeps it light a lot. Like what we're talking about, Venture Brothers, like there's a lot of just fun and funniness while then every once in a while it really gut punches you it's a it's a comedy Um, adventure yeah so i i do kind of still wonder i'm just like i don't know what the studios here think they're getting or gonna get like that's where the mistakes keep being Mm -hmm. um there are live action adaptations in japan of anime all the time and a lot of them aren't particularly good but they get the heart of whatever it is well enough and they don't yeah. put a ton of budget into them or expectations out of them either. They're just to be done. But it feels like every time they try to bring it to the States, there's just this complete, like, we're embarrassed by the source material <laughs> and they try to scrap so much yeah. of it. Yeah. And then they don't understand the, like, parts that are Japanese-centric. Like, a lot of these are really built around Japanese mindsets and ideals and talking through and discussing those things that if you sort of like remove them and put them in the States without trying to think through like, okay, now what is this? How does this work? What does this mean? It kind of just gets, it's like, why, why are, you know, that same thing with death note. I'm like the, the discussion of like how a society works, what justice is, how slow Japanese justice is to come and the complications of their bureaucracy, but there's an importance to their bureaucracy. And it's like in America, it's like, Oh no, like, we have a whole different yeah. set of yeah. problems with our court system and our, our <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, we don't need to get into, like, that's a different thing entirely. Why would you try to do that here? They keep talking about Akira and that's one I'm always like, no, why? Like, it's so Japanese that I'm like, it makes no sense to try to, to change and adapt that to an American audience. But it, yeah. maybe make it, I guess you could make it, but you just, you have to do like, why? What are What is the goal of, why this needs to be redone what are we and that's the thing with cowboy bebop is like yeah. it was already packaged yeah. with one piece i could be like well, people, i want you know. to bring some new fans yeah. in exactly and show them what's totally. good about this so that they're willing to take the plunge on something that has so many volumes yeah and so many episodes yeah. to potentially go hit and by the way reading through it you can read through it in no time at all it seems scary by the volumes but you can read manga really fast if you yeah. want to catch up yeah um but yeah, I, I think if it's like if they really do, it's just like we want to get some people into this mm-hmm. and give them enough of a bite and have a good time that they kind of want some more. But don't try to like, oh, this is going to be it. And we're going to get it perfect or we're going to completely change yeah. this for an American audience like that's going to be a bad time. I think the people who like One Piece for the adventure are going to eat well with, yeah. with yeah. the with the adaptation. The people who Hopefully. like One Piece because, you know, they've got funny faces or, you know, you see, you know. They just funny see things these, it's not you're yeah. not gonna you're not gonna get it just because it's that's the one part of anime that doesn't transfer over to what to live action to is that life, you can't yeah. you can't give make the funny anime face you can't sweat drop you know because yeah. it doesn't work that way your head can't turn into fire <laughs> <doesn't really> yeah <laughs> so um 
Well, uh, Jimmy, would you recommend One Piece, the original, the actual anime and the manga, since you can't recommend the new thing that's coming out? Wholeheartedly. I mean, <laughs> there are plenty of people who will try it and not like it, but um, it's my favorite for a reason. So I, I can't not recommend something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. I've never seen it. So oh, uh, really? Yeah. So I will take that recommend to heart and yeah. I'll start at episode one, Jimmy. You should I'll just yeah. go right from. I recently. Uh, it's a long series, like Brian said. There's no shame in in uh, reading the manga. In fact, it it's better in in a lot of regards. I'm I I'm so into the sunk cost of the anime that like <laughs> yeah. um, that's my option and uh, it's my grave that I've dug. But um, there is there's the anime is a worse product because it has a lot of like pacing issues and that mm. sort of thing. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have merit either um yeah. and it's still really good i'm sure there's like recommended guides too for somebody like me who oh, wants yeah, to like get into skip. it that's yeah. Like, yeah here's yeah. the episodes yeah. that are filler that yeah oh yeah that's what, that's what blue's been doing for me because i haven't okay. watched like the only thing i've watched was like the original four kids adaptation uh, and then like that was you know decades ago and so we've been watching through and we just got to a part where he's like all right we're just gonna skip the next like eight episodes yeah. because that's <laughs> filler and bullshit and we're just gonna nice. continue on so nice you, you mentioned Inuyasha. A while back, yeah. and that's if you don't watch that with a guy that says skip these thirty oh episodes, you're gonna God, be up for bad waste time. So much you know, time. I watched. I, I watched <laughs> Do you want to talk about a show that needed to get its own season eight Adventure Brothers movie? At you know, <laughs> and people waiting. Let's talk yeah. about Inuyasha and how you had to wait like decades to get the last season of anime. I gave up on that show after they got the jewel the first time and it shattered again. And then it shattered and I was again. Like, I'm fucking done. Like I just don't. It's their one MacGuffin. They yeah. need it. It's like get a different MacGuffin. Why can't there yeah. be two jewels? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there are two jewels in addition to 998 other parts. <laughs> I do think it's it, One Piece is interesting for as long as it has run. How much it's had to change and adapt yeah so as an as an animated show it started in a time where you ran continuously which is why you ended up with bizarre episodes of inuyasha or whole sidelines that have nothing you can watch there's one part in in inuyasha where you can like watch an episode and literally skip like 14 and you watch the next one and it picks up as if nothing happened yeah like they're like (laughs) we need to head east and then you turn off 14 episodes you pick it up and it's like all right we're heading to the east east, we go and it's like nothing happened it's the same thing Um, with one piece (laughs) yeah there's a lot of pacing in early one piece where it's like you could tell they kind of hit and they caught up but it's gotten it's gotten better um but as of late like way more shows now go to seasonality like american shows do and kind of know like okay we're gonna get this in a season with the exception of one piece which Mm -hmm. is still going it still goes on like every week and still goes on breaks yeah, I think there's a But it still has a lot to get to because the comics have also kind of continuously gone oh, on. Oh, so Oda doesn't doesn't he does he, not stop. Yeah, he, no. he is the hardest working person maybe alive. If you that want guy, to see a man who's possessed by like the the spirit of art, like it's it's Oda. He has these schedule timetables where it's like you know, you see like the, the jokes about like, oh, what time is it? And it's like the same word on every single part of the clock. For Oda, it's like drawing one piece time for every single hour. Yeah. Um, and like he takes like a scheduled break like once every two weeks or something like for a day. And then he goes back to it. It's like literally like watching like um like like a gazoo comes work like being made in front of our eyes where it's like this is this is 
literally something that will need to go into a museum at some he's, point. He's like a portal to another world that keeps funneling yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what's going on, dude? Yeah. <laughs> he's possessed by something and we don't want him to not be possessed. Uh, maybe it's by artistic bees. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I'd yeah. love to see him and Miyazaki in a room talking. But I know that's interesting considering that Miyazaki like, hates anime. Yeah. I know that they would both be like, well, fuck you too. <laughs> be like we should be both be drawing somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Right? That would be a cool team up. That would yeah. be a cool team up. But who would, who would do the story and who would do the art? Mm hmm. I think yeah. I'd rather so do have Miyazaki do the art personally. Yeah, no, and I'd do like Otis do the story. Yeah. 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 Um, well, cool. So that makes it uh, a, a refute at the top. Um, for Terry Gilliam's Teenage Kraken. <laughs> what is it called again? Ruby Gilman oh, Ruby colon Gilman. Teenage Kraken uh, okay, TM. Yeah. <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, <laughs> yes. A refute for that one, please. Um, <laughs> there's a recommend for Nimona. Yep. Uh, based the, fir on the first the 75% of Nimona. There you go. Well, once you're in at 75%, you might as well. Yeah, you might she as well. Might as well put, it on, put it on double speed, and then you'll save yourself some time. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a surprise to myself recommend for <laughs> The Bees. Uh, 1978's The Bees with John Saxon. You got to love him. Um, if you don't know him, then you got to know him, and then you'll love him. Uh, and then we've got a recommend and a recommend or refute from the future that we don't yet know. We're still divinating on it mm -hmm, and we'll come mm -hmm. back and let you know what Jimmy's thoughts are when one piece comes out on Netflix. We need some action. astrology. Yeah. The, if only we, we had the astrologer. Uh, yeah. If only we could predict with astrology how it would be. Um, I'm sure it'll gross 145 million at the very least. As, oh, that's uh, like <laughs> five million under what they paid for. So. There you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, and we have a recommend from Jimmy for the original, uh, one piece, not the four kids one. Please don't do that, uh, to yourself. For a laugh. <laughs> if you want to do it for a laugh after No, I wouldn't even do it for a laugh. Watch the <laughs> opening, the yayo yayo. Yo! Yayo yayo! Don't give it up, Luffy. Don't give it up, Solo. Don't give it up, Navi. Yayo yayo! Funimation dub. <laughs> Um, and the manga as well. Let's throw it in there, right? Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Manga. Hard recommend on the manga. There you go. Um, well, that's awesome. That, that is it for us here. Uh, that's it for Recommender Refute from Afterthoughts. I've been your host, John Garcia. With me uh, is our lovely guests again, Jimmy and Erica. Thank, thank you. you again. Yeah, thanks. thanks. Yep. I'll see you next week where I go on a long um, uh, uh, tirade about the Rose of Versailles and why everyone should watch uh, <laughs> that one. <laughs> we need to split. We need to split off. This is now, I want to splinter anime I knew it. podcast. I knew you'd want to like... do this. I get my trash podcast if you get your anime podcast. <laughs> We can do the anime podcast. Yes. Uh, the I, anime, like, the, anime I like the weird ones. We're just so. going with the <laughs> anime thoughts, T H O T S. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah and then our uh, co host. Yeah, Ryan King. The future of One Piece is left out there for anyone to find on Netflix in one <laughs> place. <laughs> you want my one treasure? Place. You can stream your now on Netflix. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Afterpod, or jump into a conversation on our Discord server. You can find info for this and more at theafterpod.transistor.fm. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.